Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Bay Brothers Podcast. Hello, thanks for listening. I'm Andrew Hall. He's Jack Deasing, and we're recording this in the middle of the Patriots-Chiefs game as um, an incredible playoff game between the Rams and the Saints just concluded as the Rams won 26-23. Jack, what are your initial thoughts about uh, this incredible playoff game? Um, obviously, there's going to be a lot of complaints about the call going against the Saints late, which um, made a huge impact on the game, and then sending the overtime, um, but then the Rams prevailing with a long field goal by Zerlach. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the Saints definitely have a lot of evidence to argue against their refs in that uh, they were in the red zone about two minutes left, I believe. Could have put the game away um, with a touchdown. And uh, Drew Brees throws a pass out wide to a running back. Linebacker runs straight into the running back. No call. Obvious pass interference should have been called there. Um, no call. Saints eventually have to kick a field goal. Rams go back down, hit the field goal, then tie it. But um, incredible resilience by the Rams team. Uh, when the game started down 13-0, looked like it was going to be an absolute blow. I mean, the Rams could get nothing nothing done um, on offense. The stadium was rocking. I mean, that was it's probably the loudest stadium in all of football. Um, not even close. Heard from a lot of people that it was just electric in that stadium. So, I think an incredible win for Sean McVay. Jared Goff, I mean, he wasn't super impressive, but he was a game manager. He did he did the job to get the win, and uh, the Rams will be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, credit to the Rams for just hanging around long enough. I mean, I think if the Saints um, if Saints played a little bit better because they, they had them, they're in control early in the game. If they really capitalized on them early, they could have put them away, and it could have been no chance for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I think the Saints were... They were definitely the clear favorites in that one, I mean, at home in their own stadium, but they were also the more balanced team. People were questioning whether Jared Goff had the playmaking skills to get past that pretty impressive Saints defense, but um, they prevailed with the win. Uh, But this Patriots-Chiefs game is about to be pretty epic, and I think, I don't know, I I have a feeling that the winner of this one kind of wins the Super Bowl. I think this is more of the Super Bowl than the the next week. I mean, the Rams have a chance, but... I think the winner of the AFC is a much more powerful team than the Rams. I mean, I know you're saying there, like, I feel like um, the Patriots or the Chiefs will be the favorite, but I, for me, it's too early to say that, you know, like, I'm taking them right away off the bat. I think I have to see how things go and things um, comes about in the next two weeks. And for you, would you rather have Patriots versus Rams or Chiefs versus Rams for a Super Bowl matchup? Um... I think I do Chiefs Rams just because, I mean, we've always seen the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think it's more of a, I guess, friendly matchup, if if you will, just kind of like more like neutral. Nasme teams hate um, those two teams. Yeah, I mean, if it was Chiefs versus Rams, it'd be a rematch of the game of the year, that Monday Night Football game. But with the Patriots, you have that dynasty talk and that legacy for Tom Brady, like. You made it to that many Super Bowls. It's already the eighth consecutive uh, year you've made it to the AFC Championship. Nonetheless, continue um, your Super Bowl run. So uh, there are definitely storylines with each one. I mean, there was not a bad matchup that could have come out of this weekend. All four teams are like, they're going to draw ratings and people are going to want to watch them. But um, 
from a rating standpoint, I think that the Chiefs would probably draw better ratings considering that the first matchup was unbelievable to watch with just touchdowns all over the place. And I mean, a lot of teams modeling their offenses after those two teams, after the success they had. Um, but it'll be interesting to see with this AFC Championship game and also the Super Bowl. It's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. And um, as we later said in past episodes, looks like Kyler Murray was um, making his final decision to declare for the NFL draft, and that is um, his final verdict. Now people are talking about um, his chances and what round he could get drafted in and um, how he'll prevail in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I've seen this week probably a top 20 pick. I mean, falling right around... 20th pick area. Some mock drafts having him falling to the Dolphins, I think about the 13th overall pick. Um, uh, But regarding if Kyler Murray should play baseball or football, I mean, I think he's got to choose what he loves. Like, you can't be both considering that uh, being quarterback is a full-time job. You're expected to be first one in, last one out. Um, It's such a high-demanding job. And I don't know if he's really ready to take on that position. Um, but I, I definitely think he loves football more than baseball. I'm not saying that he doesn't love baseball, but I think he's really attracted to the spotlight with football. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously we really don't know for sure which one he likes more, but I think with the recent success, he's kind of riding that from the college football yeah. playoff. And he is kind of like, it's kind of riding that high. It's like, okay, I can let's just see how far I can go with this, essentially. Yeah. And, I mean, there's been reports that Scott Boris is saying, okay, uh, okay, A's, if you want him to be on the A's, you have to pay him $15 million right off the bat. Well, if I'm the A's, I don't want to do that because I want Kyler Murray to choose what he loves. I don't want him to be forced to play baseball just for the money. Like, you're, you're, you were drafted by the A's because they knew you would love the game and you'd dedicate yourself to the game and hopefully have success for them. But they don't want... They don't want baseball for for Kyler Murray to seem like a jo- like a job. You know, being in the majors, it's it's a pleasure. It's an opportunity. You know. Yeah. Um. I think it also kind of puts Kyler Murray in an uncomfortable position if like the A's are through, you know, ten fifteen million dollars. Right. Like what like if that. he's a bust? Yeah. Like it's kind of like okay, maybe he's actually like, well, I like football anyway, so he just, he's probably he might just like take the football job anyway. Like yeah, because I mean, baseball is such an unpredictable sport. In fact, in the last 10 drafts, I think I saw that the ninth overall pick, only one of them has been successful in the majors, had a long tenure in the majors, and that's Javi Baez. Uh, I think five of them haven't even played in the majors. Two of them had short stints, and there's still one in the majors. He's just not a star. So, I mean, even if you're drafted in the top 10 in MLB draft, you're still not guaranteed to be a star. Like You you have a much better chance in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you can't just say just because he's a ninth overall pick just means, like, it's such a singular position you're putting it out there. But um, I know you're saying, I know you're the point you're trying to get across with all top ten picks are not destined for greatness. Yeah, and I saw something today on MLB Network. I was flipping between MLB Network and, uh, and the Saints-Rams games today, but I was watching this documentary on Tony Gwynn, and I didn't know that he was actually a two-sport athlete at San Diego State. And he was, like, he he played only basketball for the first two years of his college career. And then he picked up baseball his junior year. So, kind of fun fact. That is is a nice fact. Yeah. Um. And now moving on to some uh, college basketball talk. 
Yesterday, Wisconsin upset Michigan at home, 64-54. Uh, Tennessee um, just misses a scare, winning 71-68 at home against Alabama. West Virginia upsets Kansas at home, 65-64. Purdue uh, beats Indiana at home, 70-55. And Kentucky wins on the road against Auburn, 82-80. And also, the game of the week, the blockbuster, Duke beat Virginia, 72-70. And from this week, and taking all the games into consideration, who do you think should be ranked number one in the rankings? Um, I mean, I think it will be Duke, just because now there's uh, no more unbeatens left, and uh, it'll just be handed to them almost. I actually think it's going to be Tennessee because they've gone on a pretty good run lately, um, haven't lost in a while, but I get why they, they could put Duke in. I think, I'm not saying that Tennessee is the best team in the oh, rankings. Oh, well, I, I, I think you're right, actually, because I forgot that it was this week that Duke lost to Syracuse. Syracuse yeah. yeah, on Monday, Duke um, lost to Syracuse. Super surprising game. I mean, obviously they didn't have two of their best four players in but still, Cam Reddish and Trey Jones. But still, you can't be letting up 95 points to a bad Syracuse team. It's right. it kind of it's unexcusable there. So I think you might be right there, actually, because the, ten, Tennessee has been pretty consistent all year. I mean, they don't have the resume as the same as Duke, but, I mean, it could be them too, I think. Right. I'm not saying that Duke or, or Tennessee is the uh, number one ranked team in the nation. Um, I think, but it's just what I the think polls Duke, says I think, might But say. the polls, I think it, it's going to be Tennessee, but for Duke, um, it was kind of evident that Trey Jones, he's not the best player on the Duke team, but I think he's the most valuable because, I mean, Jay Billis and numerous analysts have said he's uh, the best defender in all of college basketball. He's probably the best defend, one of the best defenders Coach K has ever had next to, like, Woj. So he's in some pretty great company. And Jay Williams. Right. And with him out, I mean, I it's um, not a super severe injury. It, it, it's way... It's going to be a way less timeout than people expected um, him to. But I think once Duke gets Trey Jones back, they really need to figure things out because I get that they have tons of talent, but they still haven't figured out everything yet with all their chemistry and getting all the, the fine details. Uh, like you said, um, Trey Jones is valuable. I don't I don't think he's the most valuable player on their team. Who do you think is? RJ Barrett? I mean, I think I'd go with Zion Williams because you can see how much he can create a momentum swing just by his like enthusiasm and his powerful plays he makes. Um, yeah, I just think that Trey Jones, first off, he runs the offense very well. He orchestrates it well. He gets everything running. But then on the defensive end, um, he puts so much pressure on teams. Like uh, against Syracuse, the first five minutes of the game when he was in, Syracuse was out on the perimeter just passing the ball because they couldn't get any, anything inside because Trey Jones was d- defending the perimeter so well. But once he was injured and got out of the game, Syracuse was able to um, get the ball inside more and have much more of a much more paint points, um, and that's where they really won the game. I mean, obviously he is a very good defender with that, but I think um, also, I mean, they need a pickup from what he like when he went out of the game. Like it's still inexcusable that they lost. 
Um, well, yeah, Duke's not a super deep team. I think they only play like eight players. They, yeah, they play like seven or eight guys. Also, I think one of their big weaknesses is their shooting. They're really not a good shooting team. Yeah, like that, um, um, what's his name, Jack White. Jack White. He went 0 for 10 against Syracuse. Yeah, like, he's not. That's unexcusable. After f- after missing five, you should be hesitant to shoot now. Like, yeah, like, you, um, you can't, you can't make. Cam Reddish is a solid them. shooter. RJ Barrett and Zion aren't both like shooter shooters. They're more like slashers, guys they're, to get to the basket. Yeah. Um, they're attackers. And I think that they make up for their shooting on the offensive glass a lot. Yeah, and with that, uh, moving on to some Kansas talk, they lost 65-64 against West Virginia. They've just not been impressive, especially to me this season. So do you think they're still the favorites in the Big 12 and will continue their um, winning streak for Big 12 championships, or is this the end of, uh, of an era? <sighs> Man, I don't know. I have to really look like what the standings are with them in Texas Tech, but I'm going to stick with my original decision and... Uh, yes, they will win the Big 12. I think Texas Tech is going to come on. I mean, Texas Tech has really emerged as a program these last couple of years. Um, I think, I just think Texas Tech's more impressive team, and Kansas just had so many bad losses and too many close games for them to be successful. Moving now into the M- a little NBA talk. All right, I got a great stat of the day here. James Harden, he's been on an incredible run. <laughs> In the last, especially in the last three games, he scored 163 points in the last three games: 57 versus the Grizzlies, 58 versus the Nets, and 48 versus the Lakers. All of those points have been unassisted. And with that, I mean, James Harden been an incredible run, as I said before. But do you think James Harden is truly a great player for the Rockets, or is he just handling the ball so much that he's scoring so many points? I mean, I think you have to say he's a great player just because he's scoring this much. I mean, honestly, he's not very fun to watch just because he just, like, stands in the perimeter. And then four guys... Yeah, step back threes. Yeah. yeah. Four guys are staying there on. There's no movement. It's, like, not, like... A lot of iso ball, yeah. Yeah, it's not very pretty to watch. I mean, I guess I got to give him props for scoring that much and, like, carrying the Rockets with, like, their injuries and some other problems. Right. Um... I get why people would say that James Harden is a great player because he's kind of carrying the Rockets, but I just think he's he's a very inefficient scorer. Like, I think he's 43% on his field goals, and uh, and if you score 58 against a team, your team should win. And they lost to the Nets the other night when he scored 58. Like, I don't, I just don't get how that happens, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying there, and like, that sense, I think it's like he's like somewhat overrated because he's like somewhat one dimensional, but then yet again, he just like puts up 40 against teams and it's like nothing. And I don't understand right. how guys, it's crazy. how teams aren't like stopping him more. Because, yeah, I mean, did you see that play with Josh Hart? Like, he was trying, to, teams are now trying to get him just to go right because he's much more ineffective when he goes to his right and drives into the lane. Um, but, I mean, I don't get why teams can't stop him. Like, why don't you start double-teaming him, putting hands in his face when he's yeah, like he hasn't, back? Yeah, like, he hasn't improved anything. Like he's a great passer or anything, so... Well, I mean, he has had good assist numbers. I don't know how much people take that into consideration. I mean, like, I, I, I do know what you're saying. He has good assist numbers, but, like, I guess from just, like, watching him, it doesn't look like he's, like, very effective just, like, with court vision. But, right. I mean, I haven't seen him enough to really say that, but we'll see. Now, with the All-Star game coming up in February, 
um, about three or four weeks. We'll go through uh, uh, Western and Eastern Conference predictions for starters. So I'll kick it off with uh, my Western Conference starters with uh, LeBron James, um, Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Anthony Davis at center. Now, is this who you would start or who you think the fans are going to vote in? I think this is what the fans are going to vote in. Really? Not, I mean, I don't think that's because that's true because like, Luka Doncic has the second most votes. I mean, I guess it's a mix of what I think and what the fans... Uh, I'm like seeing these are the best players right now, I think. Okay, so these are our picks. Our picks. I, I guess these are our picks. Okay. But I, I guess I, I was just trying to like... Yeah. Influence the fans and think that they're not. But I don't think Luka Doncic is like one of the top players in the West right now. He's going to be soon. I, I mean, he's going a, to be soon. He's a great player, but yes, he's not as good as like per se Durant. Um, what about Nikola Dragic for the Nuggets? I mean, he's obviously um, Dragic or uh, Jokic. 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 I'm sorry. Jokic. Um, he's also had a very good year, and I could see him getting in. But I would take, uh, like, Anthony Davis over him just because I think he's a better talent um, at, like, the 4 or 5 spot. Right. Or they're put, if they're putting, um, like, Kevin Durant the 4 spot, I don't think he's better than Durant, yeah. obviously. And, I mean, LeBron James, I can see why you put him in. He has been injured all the time. He has, he has been injured a lot, but I think it's just, like, the effect on Moise on the Lakers and his, his stats are still super consistent. Right. All right, for the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go for my front court: Joel Embiid, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And uh, for my for my guards, I'm going to go Kyrie Irving and Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, pretty surprising pick. He's had an unbelievable season um, for the Hornets this season, and he's really carried that team. I mean, with a couple sixty point performances. He's really improved his game over the last couple years. And uh, who's your MVP about right now at midseason? Right now, it's it's two horse race for me between Harden and Giannis. Um, I think I might I go Harden, even though I said all the things against him, just because his point the like the points he's put up in all the scoring games he's put up. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Giannis. He's just been unstoppable in the paint and. I think people will look at uh, Harden's efficiency numbers and see, I mean, although he's a great player, he has the ball so much more than any other player in the association that it's kind of inevitable that he's going to put up these numbers. But, I mean, although he's an incredible talent this year and he's had an incredible year, I just think Giannis has a slight edge over him uh, right now. All right, moving into our food debate of the week. All right, you're on a stranded island, right, Jack? Mm Mm-hmm. You get to bring one dish. Give me a... Um, so are just saying, like, one dish at all, or, like, you all get, right, like, right, a we'll supply go, we'll of go, these we'll go, dishes? We'll go. Main dish, side, and drink. Okay. I go water for a drink, for sure. No, no, we're not talking about survival, though. You're like... Oh, well, you said it, stranded, it, so uh, well, do, no. I know, is, do I know the boat is coming or something? No, no. It doesn't matter about health, healthiness at all doesn't matter about if you need water or not you you get main course side and drink and it don't I mean unless you really like water that much don't choose water all right okay so for our drink i'll take water <laughs> i'm serious not- i'm dead serious yeah i'm not gonna like because sometimes when i like drink soda or something and i have like that flavor like it's a good flavor but like 
I still need water to like wash it all down, honestly. <laughs> um, then for like my main course or whatever you want to call it, I'll probably go with a double bacon cheeseburger with pickles and ketchup. Um, <laughs> then um, fries, I guess, with a side of ketchup to dip into. Um, and that, that's your meal. Yeah, I mean, it was it was. I think that or my secondary meal would just be a big bowl of um, uh, spaghetti and meatballs. Okay, fair or enough. A big plate, I guess. I've thought about this one a lot. Steak might be an option. Hamburger, brat. <sighs> Tough. I'm gonna go with a grilled steak, but it has to be like juicy, like very perfectly cooked, medium rare. Yeah, we're saying like the best of the best for all of these. Yes, yes. Um, the best glass of water. For my side, best. I'll go with garlic bread. Garlic bread is a very underrated side. I do like garlic bread a lot. Like, but it has to be a special type of garlic bread. But like brioche bread's really good with it. I think brioche is that like a yeah? What is that? I don't know, it's a type of bread. It's really good. Or baguette's good with garlic bread, too. For my drink, I'd go... I don't know if this is qualifying... This qualifies as a drink. I'd go a Reese's Pieces shake. That's not a drink. That's like a... a, um, What about malts? No, that's not not a drink. That's like a dessert. (sighs) Okay, I'll I'll go... I'll just go classic lemonade. Lemonade, okay. That's pretty good. Freshly squeezed or minimum? Oh, freshly squeezed. Okay. I'm all about the quality. Yes. All right. You have, you have the um, the natives of the islands squeezing it for you into your drink. No, they're not going to be my slaves. I'll do it for myself. <laughs> okay. All right. Give me your t- tough cookie soft tissues. Uh, my tough cookie of the week will be Matthew McConaughey. Um, seeing him on the bench. Uh, oh, who is Matthew McConaughey, first off? He's an actor. Any movies you know of him in? I, I've, I've seen him in a few movies, but I, I can't recall one off, right. off the top of my Ch- head. Checking. Okay, check in, I guess. Um, as he's closing off my Phillies death chart on my computer, but that's okay. <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey, um, actor, and he was in an orange blazer on the Texas bench, was a great sight to see. Just kind of an alpha move, as uh, Big Cat said on his Twitter. A few more whiskeys than he would be like, shooter from Hoosiers. And then uh, my soft tissue of the week. Um, um, movies he was in. Wolf on Wolf of Wall Street. Never seen that one. Um, Interstellar. I've heard about that one. Dallas Buyers Club. Um, never seen. Oh, Sing. He's a voice in that one. I love that. <laughs> wait, movie. wait to confirm that he was a voice in that one. <laughs> well, I mean, I we got to let the people know that he is. Uh, oh, We Are Marshall. I've seen that one. We Are Marshall. Yeah. Um. Well, I just wanted to let the people know that Sing is a cartoon. It's not an actual movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, okay, soft um, tissue. My soft tissue is going to be Florida State. They lost to uh, Boston College yesterday. Or today, I believe, actually. Yeah, today. Um, Today. And, I mean, if they want to be premier program in the ACC, they can't be losing those games to uh, Boston College. So They also lost to Pitt, yeah. Duke. They've had a rough couple weeks. Yeah. But they're, right. they're still the top of the rankings. So my tough that. cookie is going to be... Jay Morant out of Murray State. Probably never heard of him. He's probably one of the best draft prospects actually um, going into the NBA next year. Like Jay Billis has said, he's right up there with Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett um, in regards to talent. But he's just had some phenomenal dunks this week in his games. And he's just an alpha out there on the court. Like he definitely stands out. But I just want to kind of 
put some spotlight on uh, Jay Morant out of Murray State. For my soft tissue, I'm going to go with Brian Kenny, um, host of the MLB Network Top 10 show. And they were doing right fielders, and he put uh, Bryce Harper over um, Christian Yelich for best right fielders in the game. I just think that's a disservice to Christian Yelich because of his incredible year this year, and I think he's better than Bryce Harper overall, don't you think? Um, <clears throat> It's hard to say, honestly, for me. I think last year, obviously, he showed he had a better year, but, I mean, Bryce Harper is still super valuable over the last couple of years with a really high on-base percentage, really good slugging, even though like he doesn't have a great like um, home run numbers and batting average. But I think, for me, I would put Yelich in front of Harper still. Fair enough. And now moving on to our Guess the Line um, segment of the show. So we're going to guess six college basketball games, and we're going to guess the lines on them for this upcoming week's games. All right, first off, Maryland versus Michigan State. What's your line? Um, I'm going to guess it'll be Michigan State, uh, favored by 7.5. And with Michigan State at home, I'm going to go Michigan State, favored by 11. By 11, okay. Um, Virginia Tech at uh, North Carolina. I'm going to say North Carolina by mm, two. Two, really? Yeah. I'll go North Carolina by four. I mean, they haven't been super impressive lately, but neither has Virginia Tech. They got smoked by Virginia last week. Um, I think North Carolina is just pretty good at home. Uh, yeah. Uh, we got Iowa State at Kansas. Ooh, Kansas for the bounce back game, I think. Um, I'm gonna say Kansas by uh, six and a half. Really? Um, I'll go Kansas by five and a half. Who do you think is gonna win that game, though? I'm gonna say Kansas. I mean, they'll they'll protect their home court. No, Iowa State upset win at Allen Fieldhouse. All right, mark it down. All right. NC State, Louisville, uh, who you got in this one? NC State, Louisville, um, at Louisville, I'm going to say um, NC State by two. Mm. Um, that's a tough one. At Louisville, I'm going to go Louisville favored by one. I mean, that's going to be a very evenly matched team. For sure, yeah. Uh, that'll be a good game. All right, finally, Michigan versus Indiana. At Indiana, I'm going to say Michigan's going to be fair by three. Uh, I'll go Michigan plus five, or favored by five, excuse me, uh, just because, I mean, I think they're going to have a a, a nice bounce back win. They're still one of the best teams in the nation. Um, I think think, uh, Michigan's still a very good team. All right, now we're going to move to our final segment of the day, which is Final Four of Sports Movies. And Drew, you want to kick us off here? But first, we got to hit the track. It's the Final Four. All right, for the Final Four, as we said before, it's going to be sports movies. I think I get first pick, right? Yes, you do. All right. First pick of sports movies, Final Four. I'm going to go with Miracle, um, the story about the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team having the biggest upset of all time besides Jesus Christ. Um, 
by beating the Soviets. Um, just an incredible movie, and that movie. Wait, I'm gonna cut you off here. In the you wait, wait, hold hold off. You said it was the biggest upset since Jesus Christ. No, beside or like besides. Or, no, no, I'm still saying. I wouldn't say Jesus Christ is an upset. Comeback, like, comeback. It wasn't a comeback though. It was just an upset. What Jesus what wasn't was a. It? I wouldn't say Jesus was a, it was a uh, upset. You always say it's like the biggest comeback of all time. Yes, there's a difference between upset and comeback. That is true. That is true. I wouldn't put him in the upset category. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, but I, I would. I would say when he rose, when he made Lazarus rise from the dead, or or, that would be or upset. water into wine, that's an upset. How's no that one, upset though? No one predicts it. All right, I don't know. I think it's more of like a miracle, but. As seen by this movie, upsets can be miracles. Okay. But, like, it's more of a miracle than an upset. Alright. <laughs> I I don't under... Okay, whatever. Okay, for my first pick, I'm gonna go with uh, Feel the Dreams um, movie taking place in Iowa in the cornfields and... Um, the the magic of baseball and how that all plays out is yeah have you ever been to the fields i have been to the same in fact for christmas i got a baseball some shirt saying is this heaven probably one of my favorite shirts to wear that is a good shirt okay um for my second pick i'll take hoosiers um just an overall great story about a high school basketball team in indiana um kind of unique but um, an overall great story fun fact the coach of that team is uh, modeled after Bob Knight. Do you know wow. that? Why did I know that? Yeah. I, I heard that in the 30 for 30 documentary um, about Bob Knight recently. That's a good fact. All right. For my um, second pick, I'm going to take When the Game Stands Tall. I'm um, talking about the high school football team, De La Salle, in the early 2000s and their um, reign and then their them getting defeated and coming back as a, it's a family. Yeah. Fun fact. Um, my dad actually went to that high school back in the 1980s, so shout out to my dad, William Lamb Hall Jr. And, he's a uh, junior? He is a junior. Maybe he's kind of got a, the name. He's got a unique middle name, too, Lamb. Lamb? Yeah. Like, spelled like L-A-M-B? L-A-M-B. I usually get him some lamb chops for his birthday. <laughs> what, do you know the origin of that? Or? Um, I mean, he's Catholic, so, like, Jesus is the lamb, maybe? Oh, God. All right. I can Fair see enough. That. But... Yeah, he was there in 1980, and the assistant coach for that team, or the defensive coordinator, was his baseball coach, and and he'd make fun of him for being so skinny. So, it's kind of funny. Good deal. All right, for my third pick, uh, so many choices. I'm going to take Brian's song, the story about Gail Sayers and Brian Piccolo. Such a sad movie. It brings me to tears every time. Um, but Brian Piccolo dies of cancer, and... And Gail Sayers, his best friend, is there with him, running back of the Bears. Uh, a great story about friendship. I've um, not seen that one. You gotta go check it out. It's it's emotional. It'll take you on an emotional ride, but it's it's worth it. Uh, for my uh, third pick, I'm gonna take The Sandlot. Yeah, um, classic. Seen a lot of documentaries throughout like, MLB Network and things, and seeing the history and how much it meant for pop culture and baseball. Yeah, I mean, just a great story about some boys playing baseball. It's, it's great. Mm-hmm. All right, um, last pick. 
Go with the Rocky, just the series overall. What's your favorite one? The first one. Yeah. first one's the best. Um, I mean, it's just kind of like a unique story, but it's really good. I love it. Um, for my last pick, I'm going to take Remember the Titans. Um, actually, I more recently saw this one. Didn't see it like when I was younger a lot, which is kind of surprising. But obviously a very emotional, um, very touching story of football and coming together as two communities. Yeah, some honorable mentions I'm going to name. Bad News Bears, uh, Rudy, Moneyball. The Natural. The Natural. You got any more? No, that's about it. All right, and this will conclude the Final Four segment. And for uh, to close you off today, on this day in 2006, uh, High School Musical premiered on the Disney Channel. So today, we are going to close you off with Bet On It from High School Musical. Everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Bay Brothers Podcast.